Welcome to the Be Your Best Self podcast. My name is Becky Taylor and I'm a transformational coach dedicated to helping every individual to become and continue to be the very best version of themselves possible. Each week I'm so incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to chat with people who have been massively influential in my life in the hope that their knowledge can in some way benefit you on your journey of transformation from who you were yesterday to who you dream of being tomorrow. On this week's episode, I have chiropractic holistic physician, Dr. Darren Wiseman from Chicago joining me. Dr. Darren is a developer of the Lifeline Technique and best-selling author of The Power of Infinite Love and Gratitude, Awakening to the Secret Code of Your Mind, The Heart of the Matter, and his children's book, The Daily Lessons of Infinite Love and Gratitude. He is a contributing author of Dr. Mazaru Amoto's best-selling book, The Healing Power of Water. And based upon his expertise of the subconscious mind and holistic health, Dr. Darren travels the world as a teacher and speaker in the field of consciousness. He has been featured in the films E-Motion, Making Mankind, Beyond Belief, The Truth, and the award-winning documentary Heal. Dr. Darren has written for numerous magazines, including The Huffington Post, Prevention, and InStyle, to name just a few. He was named the thought leader for the United Breast Cancer Foundation and United Women's Health Alliance, both based in the U.S., He's also been featured on Hay House Radio with his, with his acclaimed radio show called The Heart of the Matter. Now, I first came across Dr. Darren and his work in late 2016 and can honestly say it's not only changed my life, but the life of every single one of my clients by using the Lifeline Technique as part of my transformational coaching sessions. Dr. Darren is incredibly passionate about awakening others to own their power by owning his own and I feel so honored that he has agreed to share some of his wisdom with our listeners today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Dr. Darren Wiseman to the show. Hi, Dr. Darren. Thank you so much for being open to chatting today. I'm so excited and grateful for you to share your time and wisdom with us, as I have no doubt all of our listeners will be a much better version of themselves by the end of the show, just from hearing what you have to share. Well, you're the best, Becky. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored. Now, as amazing as technology is, unfortunately, it failed us a little on the day of recording, and I couldn't recover the first few minutes of our chat, but we'll jump in and continue on with Dr. Darren explaining what it means for us to take responsibility and how important this is in our ability to live a fulfilling life. Taking responsibility, you know, is a, is a sign that... You know what, as much as I don't choose particular circumstances that are really stressful, that I get stuck and I struggle in, um, when I take responsibility where, where I'm at, I can at least begin the journey of transformation. I can begin the journey of creating change. The moment the one moment that we choose and at any moment we can choose to create a change we can but it it starts by recognizing take responsibility and and i like to play with the word responsibility i love words and response ability 
So the ability to respond. Most of us in life, what we do is we are so reactive, fearful, anxious, insecure, angry, frustrated. Why me? Ah. Then we just live a life of domino reacting to reactions, fearing fear, overwhelmed by the overwhelm, angry that I'm so frustrated. And, you know, these things happen. It's, it's, it's life. It's, you know, I call it gift and strange wrapping paper, but these things happen. And when we can go, all right, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for where I am. And I'm going to choose because I have the ability right now to respond. What does respond mean? It means I am going to love myself. I'm going to value myself enough to listen to my heart, listen to my gut, listen to my intuition, listen to my logic, listen to my creativity, and move in a direction that is true to me. My ability to respond, my responsibility means that I'm gonna become heart-centered rather than all heady, and I gotta, you know, I gotta figure it out. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respond and uh, my ability to take responsibility is what actually changes these reactive patterns, shifts these fearful emotions, begins to evoke within us the ability to emerge as the next greatest version of ourselves by taking responsibility. Until we do, we will continue on the hamster wheel of reacting to reactions. So that in and of itself is, is owning our power. And how would people know if this is the first time that people have heard of any of this taking responsibility and, um, you know, realizing that we have a choice in how we react to every situation that we can own our power. How could they, I suppose, know that they haven't been taking responsibility? Like what's the, what happens when we don't, what happens if we don't do this kind of work? You say that we stay on the hamster wheel. What does the hamster wheel look like? Well, it's just, we repeat patterns. It's like different face, different name. I'm angry again. I'm overwhelmed again. Here I am. It's like, I'm doing drugs. I'm drinking. I am escaping. Here I am. It's like, I'm feeling empty and unfulfilled inside. We are in the cycle where we struggle emotionally and physically, we are in pain. That's the signal. When, when you are in pain in your life, that's not just a random act of violence. That's not, you know, terrorism going on that, and it might feel like it. It might feel like, and you might think it, and actually you might even be told by a doctor that, oh gosh, I don't know why you have this. A lot of times in medicine, they call something um, um, idiopathic, which means I don't know where it comes from. Most diseases are idiopathic. We don't know where they come from. And as a result, we feel like life is happening to us. And, and it's just like, wow, when's the next axe going to fall? When's the you know, when's the next bad thing going to occur to me? So many people live their life in this way. 
And so it's, it's powerful to begin to appreciate and value the pain and the fear and the stress, the reactions that are going on, rather than as something that is a failure or a fix it or, you know, in, you know where we feel effed up in any way, that that's a feedback. It's a feedback. It's an opportunity for us to learn and grow and change. Um, but most people don't look at it in that way. And so here we are. And like I said, different face, different name, same experience. I can't believe this happened again. I can't believe, you know, I'm in this challenge with money again. I can't believe I'm in this challenge with intimacy challenges again. I was betrayed. Oh, I'm so angry. Why me? It's a victim mentality. Uh, but it, here's the cool thing. As soon as we find that, that's what we call the portal, not the problem. That's the doorway. If you're courageous enough to take responsibility, like what you know very well, Becky, you can then guide a person through creating significant change uh, where it matters most. And what I've come to understand is where it matters most is making change on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you anymore. And the changes that I've experienced firsthand in my life um, from doing so, and then also now working with clients is incredible. And it, it's pretty much instantaneous. It's that powerful. But yeah. it is about when people are in it, you know, and they're in the depth of it and the darkness and they're feeling it, those moments are the most terrifying, horrible oh. moments to experience, but they're yeah. the absolute perfect time to make the change because you're right there in it. You're at the core pretty much at most times. You know, Becky too, is that these patterns for us have been in motion for a long time. And because we live in a quick fix culture world, you know, take a pill, do something, make it go away. I've got instant access to all information. You know, oftentimes people are um, in this way where it's like, all right, it's, it's gotta be, you know, it, it's gotta be an, it, it, a, it's gotta be an epic change right away. And the funny part about it is, is that it is every time a lifeline session is done, there is an epic change. However, it's a different kind of change. Mm -hmm. And the different kind of changes is that rather than it's, like, oh, like all of a sudden, well, it does the, how long does it, how long is it till the disease goes away? How long, you know, until I no longer have this problem. It's, it's a different look at this. It's a completely different paradigm. It, this is about learning how to create a relationship with this intelligent part of you that has been showing up in this cyclical reactive type of way and you know at the beginning of that it's it's it can be very challenging because we're just not even used to looking at our body or our life or our relationships in a way where these things are meaningful and valuable people don't even realize the technology like lifeline is even available that it works in this way for example i um had this uh experience with this client recently 
that came in with deep, 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 dark depression, um, get me off the planet kind of depression. And um, just so stuck in anxiety and, and low self-esteem and, and, and deep darkness affecting um, this person and their partner in marriage. And um, the first session felt better, like really felt better. But once the second session came around, it's like, oh, back got triggered, went back into the reactive pattern, something happened. And in that cycle of not owning her, you know, their power and, you know, feeling, you know, just anxious and angry and not understood and not valued, went into it at the end of that session. Huge shift, huge shift. And on the third session, um, went in again and really started to notice like big changes that were going on now behaviorally. Other people started noticing as well and making comments, but still these triggers that are going on did the third session. And I just got an email yesterday from this person and they just wanted to say, they said, you know, Dr. Darren, I want to thank you. I'm filled with so much joy. I feel I feel genuine contentment and inner peace inside. I'm so happy. Thank you so much for guiding me through this process of lifeline. I'm eternally grateful. I can't wait to connect with you on our next session. And now that's an interesting turning point because now for the first time, this person's going to be joining the session rather than in trepidation anxiety, vulnerability, fear in being in this session. This person's so excited. And what's neat about the process of, of this, where we own our power, where we learn how to create a relationship with an inner part of ourselves, is at one point, we start to truly understand that um, life is truly happening for us and not to us. And in, in, that, in that shift of consciousness, when it happens, it's so profound. It's so profound. There's just a whole different dance that, that goes on. And uh, it's so special. That makes me cry. And <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I get text messages, uh, emails as well, since I've been working with clients too, just randomly out of the blue, you know, and the same messages and it's just such a sense of fulfillment and peace that these people are experiencing. Um, and it is, it's, it's the awareness that they gain as well. And maybe that's something that we can just chat about quickly as well is we talk about consciousness. We, we yeah. become more conscious. We become more aware and it's, there's so much talk of consciousness and we hear about it in the media and on Facebook and things like that these days. But what what is consciousness to you with people are just first coming across this and hearing this word and what does it mean to become more conscious and i guess how does consciousness the conscious mind and the subconscious mind what's the roles that they play and how how important it is for us to become more conscious well i wrote three books on the topic so we could be here for a long time <laughs> <laughs> so um I mean, consciousness is everything and everyone, everywhere, all the time. It is the field of energy whose intelligence is 
connecting all that is. It's consciousness. There's an intentional field in the universe. And we're always connected to it, but we're not always consciously connected to it. Sometimes and oftentimes our connection is quite rusty and we need to upgrade and clean off um, the rusty parts so that we um, begin to appreciate and value just how valuable and beautiful and special we are. And um, the simple connection on a conscious level to something or someone changes everything. Now, what the heck do I mean by that? So consciousness is a field of energy and it works in humanity and where our cultures have a particular consciousness. There's a, there's a consciousness to the Australian culture. There's a consciousness to the United States of America, to Greece, and to, you know, Russia, and, you know, to Jordan and the Middle East. Like, there's the unique consciousness, and there's an energy, and you go there, and you can feel it. You can taste it. You can hear it in the music. You, there's a vibration that goes on. And part of this is that we're aware of, and we're aware of it. We can... We can see it, we can hear it, we can smell it, we can taste it. That's what's called our conscious mind, the part that's aware. And that part is really super cool because that part gives us, as human beings, a superhero power, and that is the ability to choose. Only when we are in our conscious mind can we choose. The conscious mind ultimately makes up 2 to 10% of our reality. So I find that to be such a fascinating statistic because, you know, we think that we're really in control of who we are and what's going on in life, but yet our conscious choosing mind only makes up 2 to 10% of our consciousness, which means below the surface, something that we can't see, we can't feel, we can't hear, we can't smell, taste, touch, but it's there, it's an energy. The subconscious mind is the mind that is so brilliant and its brilliance is one that, like a master conductor of a symphony, it masterfully conducts the symphony of every one of the hundred trillion cells in our body. And that's a great thing because right now you and I are having a fun heart connection and dialogue and all the listeners are having, you know, an opportunity to listen in. If we had to like, if I had to tell my body to digest the avocado that I ate before calling you, it's like, wait a second. I can't talk for the next five minutes right now because I got to make sure that uh, my gallbladder is secreting bile to break down the fat from the avocado and my stomach is breaking down the protein from it, all these different things. It's like, we don't have to do that. The subconscious mind intelligently orchestrates every one of the cells, organs, glands, and systems of the body, internally and externally. But the subconscious also, Becky, what it does is it stores memories. And the memories 
of the subconscious mind then affect how we perceive in any and every given moment. And that's cool when the memory is something where uh, I'm thinking about hanging out with you and Mick in Broad Beach that one evening, and it was like the best, fun, amazing evening. And that's a great memory, and right now I can feel like, like giddy and grateful, and you know, the room seems a little bit brighter, you know, but there can be other memories that are buried within us that, you know, are tough memories. And these memories affect how we feel physically and emotionally. And there's particular memories, Becky, that as a result of those memories that live in the subconscious, when they're not fully processed, these memories, what they do is they take on a charge. They take on an emotional uh, type of charge based upon the memory that they represent. And all it takes is something in our environment to trigger these memories. And that memory just comes to life. And, and now we're in this reactive subconscious place. And let's say the memory is from four years of age and parents are fighting and, and there's challenges with money and there's addiction going on and a lot of fear and anxiety and yelling going on and that memory gets triggered, but it's into my subconscious mind. I don't remember it. It's buried within there. But what happens is my cells end up remembering it and my behavior becomes a reflection of it. And now here I am and I'm 50 years young, but the four-year-old gets triggered and now is driving my mind, is driving my heart, driving me in my relationship, in my family. And I am not my best self when a four-year-old subconscious memory is driving me. And I start to repeat patterns. Like I was saying, different face, different name, same experience. They come from these places. And then we're stuck in this place where rather than we're owning our power, we are feeling overpowered. We're feeling powerless. And, um, you know, having an, an understanding that the subconscious mind on one level is so brilliant because it helps us to move through stressful circumstances and, um, and survive in every way. But, you know, in particular stressful circumstances, when it helps us to move through them, you know, that memory stays within us. And now that memory ultimately becomes a, what I like to call a lighthouse in a dark night. When ships see a lighthouse, it guides them home. These memories become a lighthouse to guide us home so that we can reclaim the power that at one point we lost, one point that we weren't able to own, and either was our environment. And how does that show up? Well, the lighthouse is actually, oh, I've got allergies, I've got autoimmune disease, oh, I've got anxiety, 
I've got frustration. I've got anger patterns. I can't, you know, hold down a job that I'm passionate about. I'm not feeling valued. Every pain, fear, and stress is an outward conscious lighthouse to guide us into the subconscious so that we can reclaim a power that at one point we weren't able to own, that we are now able to own. So that might seem like a lot to digest and you might want to listen to it again and again, but the reality of it is, is that simply put, what you might call a problem in your life that you consciously are looking at, consciously feeling, consciously experiencing, that, that conscious observation of the problem, you wouldn't choose that. Nobody chooses to have problems in their life. In the lifeline process, we look at it as a portal to the subconscious mind. And it enables us with this beautiful process, with what you do with your clients, with what we teach in the lifeline program, it enables us to align these two minds the conscious and subconscious so that they can be working together harmoniously in flow in the present moment with who we are in our heart, being ourselves. Because when our conscious and subconscious align with who we are, we live a life that we love to live. We feel fulfilled. We feel um, just flow. There's ease. There's inspiration. It's so extraordinary. It's so extraordinary. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, if you have a particular question, I mean, that was an open-ended question, so I, I hope I, I answered it. You did. You answered it perfectly. And I guess one thing with that is once we sort of start to tap into our heart and we process, you know, these memories that have been stored in away in the subconscious mind and we learn to own our power once we grow and change and evolve ourselves there's like a ripple effect and it changes the dynamic in every single one of our relationships and that can be a really good thing but sometimes it can be a really hard thing as well because those people who haven't voluntarily lent into or taken on um the change but are experiencing effects of the change as well can feel, I guess, left behind or feel as though we're changing and they don't like it. And I, like I have so many clients experience this as well. Is there any sort of advice that you can give to people with, who, are, who are finding some of their relationships are changing and they're afraid to lose these people, these people are afraid to lose them, they're not sure who this person is becoming how to handle that and deal with that because it's really hard and it, and it happens all the time. Epic question. Epic question. You know, fundamentally compassion and kindness, um, no matter what, be honest, be authentic, but be honest and authentic in a compassionate and kind way. Um, that's it. I just had a conversation with um, a client today who uh, has been someone in her family that she's the fixer. And um, she actually, out of her own 
way of measuring her own sense of worth, value, and esteem, she felt better about herself because she was, help, she was good at helping uh, to fix people and their circumstances, but she would take on um, situations um, at the expense of herself for the sake of others to the point where she got burned out and frustrated and overwhelmed. And so going through the lifeline process, she has started to create a relationship with her own heart where she has begun the process of expressing her feelings and saying yes when she means yes and no when she means no. And um, it was an interesting thing. She had an experience with um, a brother that before she would just take on the circumstances of her brother and now she had a really tough conversation with him and um, it was actually it was a beautiful thing they were able to grow from it they were able to grow from it but she's also become aware that there are certain relationships that just no longer match who she is that She's no longer the person that's going to do things at the expense of herself. Uh, she's going to do it because, you know, just being authentic, not being selfish, but self-love. And, um, and, and she's finding it interesting and, and painful when, when, pe when certain relationships aren't evolving, when they're not growing. And, um, and so what we did there is we, uh, we did a lifeline on that. And, um, she discovered a whole deeper level of compassion, kindness, and confidence within herself just to be herself. We are not responsible for other people's feelings. Now, that could be a husband or a wife. That could be a family. But I, and I'm all about families, you know, growing and evolving and having a lifetime together, right? Um, and, but all it takes is one person that's able to keep their light on that can hold the space for others. But, you know, for me... Anyone can express their fear, they can express their anger, they can express whatever it might be, but do it kindly, you know, do it kindly, do it compassionately, you know, do your best to communicate in that way. And, you know, it's okay if that it's difficult, you're worth it. You know, I don't, and rather than being the bearer of bad news, like, oh God, you know, it's life is, life has its pain, fear, and stress and change you know, is the one thing that's constant in life, but change is the one thing that as human beings, it's such a paradox, human beings fear change more than anything. Mm -hmm. and, um, and when we learn how to own our power, when we learn how to raise our consciousness, um, this is really beautiful because the changes that start to occur um, are, are actually beautiful changes. It doesn't mean that they are stressful they might bring up certain things that challenge people and you know all of a sudden somebody needs to take more responsibility or take responsibility completely for their own life um but that's not a bad thing um so what would i tell the person who's going through that i'd run a lifeline uh and continue to raise your own consciousness um ultimately wayne dyer i feel said it the best change the way you view things the things that you view begin to change and um you know, it's just do your best and your best is always enough. And, um, and the biggest thing back is process your emotions rather than stuff them, 
you know, denying what you really feel. Ultimately, that is a core limiting belief. And that belief not only affects you in your relationships, but that is affecting you with dis-ease in your body. And uh, not to victimize you, that's a portal, that's a lighthouse to say, wait a second, I have the ability to respond now. Am I gonna do it now? Am I gonna do it now? And uh, the lifeline is a great tool to help us begin to um, create these healthy, authentic, genuine relationships that are amazing. And they're, they're more extraordinary than we ever could even imagine. But uh, we, gotta, we gotta begin somewhere. And there's one thing there you said as well um, that really stands out. When we start to take responsibility, there's sort of like two layers. It's like, I'm completely responsible for myself and my life and the way that I feel. But okay, like I'm also, I'm not responsible for the way that somebody else feels. And that can be a really tough dynamic because you just have to listen to the language people use. You made me feel like that. Right. This to me, like you make me angry, you make me sad, you hurt me. And especially when it's people close to us, it's like this, it's like this battle between like, like I know that I'm not responsible, but oh my God, I feel so responsible because I actually really care about you and it breaks my heart, you know, and I feel so much compassion for you because you're struggling with that. But I know that you need to take responsibility for that, but it, it's, it is, it's really, it's hard. Like it's a tough situation but you're so right all we can do is um process our emotions and the heartache that we feel around that and the level of responsibility that we feel for them around that and raise our vibration and hopefully be a lighthouse i suppose for those people and just as you say like inspire them to own their power by us owning our power but it is it's, it's tough in those situations because as much as we know we're not responsible these people sometimes do everything they possibly can to put their emotional state onto us as our responsibility. Yeah. And you know, it just depends upon where one person's at and there's no cookie cutter approach to life in any way whatsoever. And, um, and we do our best and we do our best, but you know, there's a question in the lifeline that we use. It's called the truth question. And it helps us to appreciate when we are in a reactive state. And, um, and the truth question is, would I choose to feel this way? Would I choose this thought? Would I choose this behavior? Would I choose this relationship? Whenever it's no, then we know that it's not a conscious uh, pattern. We know it's a subconscious reactive pattern. And our only choice then is to take responsibility our only choice then is our ability to respond. Love is a choice. Fear is a reaction. When we fear, oh no, I gotta walk on eggshells. Oh no, what are they gonna do without me? These codependent relationships. Um, we perpetuate patterns that are so old, not only throughout our life, but they're generationally old in, 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 in the lifetimes of family that came before us and beyond. And um, it's powerful what you're teaching. It's powerful to have a podcast like this to share with people a new view 
that is very fresh and it's not about making anybody bad or wrong. It's about being authentic and being honest and acknowledging where are you in your life, personally, professionally, and family. And, you know, hey, this is where I'm at and I love where I'm at, but be honest. Where are you struggling? Where are you stuck? What triggers you? Who triggers you? That's your portal. And if you desire a change, then that's your beginning point. And that's where you can begin the lifeline journey of raising your own consciousness. Incredibly spoken. Thank you. That was amazing. Um, Before we wrap up today, I know that you're an extremely busy man, so I'm so grateful for you sharing your time with me today. But before we finish up, there's just a couple more things. Firstly, can you just share with our listeners where they can find you, Facebook, web, Instagram, email? Um, they can find me at, uh, all in one place. They can find me at, uh, www.thelifelinecenter.com. And so for those of you Aussies, it's, uh, C-E-N-T-E-R.com. So the T-H-E lifeline center, C-E-N-T-E-R.com. And there you'll find all the different social media, but you also learn about the lifeline uh, course and program and how you can learn to use this for yourself and those people like you Becky who have taken this and want to create a loving you know for yourself you can see how you can begin that journey as well mm-hmm. and a loving is exactly what it is it's not a it's not a living it's definitely a loving it's incredible mm-hmm. um, and lastly what's one thing we can do every day to be the best us possible Oh, wow. One thing, uh, stay hydrated. (laughs) Like truly stay hydrated. I mean, God, there's a lot of different things that just like went through my mind in a ripple. It's like, um, you know, choose to be happy. Happiness is a choice, you know, that we have along the way. It's not a destination. Choose to be happy. Choose to find the good. Choose to embrace life with an attitude of gratitude. Stay hydrated. Love yourself up eat consciously. I mean, there's a lot of different things, maybe the simplest thing. And yet the most powerful is to hold your hand in the, I love you American sign language posture. Those of you that don't know how to do that. If you open up your palm, all your fingers are spread out wide and you just bend your middle finger and ring finger down. That means I love you in sign language. And um, love is the one thing that heals everything and everyone. And uh, when you wake up in the morning, I encourage you to put your hand in that posture and put it over your beautiful, passionate heart that is filled with greatness. There's something so special inside of you. And say to yourself, either out loud or silently to yourself, just go, infinite love and gratitude. Infinite love and gratitude infinite love and gratitude and just breathe into it you know whether it be a minute or five minutes wow you want to go out on a limb and do it for 10 minutes um that is a very powerful way to create really positive and empowering change for yourself and the world around you so true so true it's like um 
when I start working with clients and I talk about the I love you mudra and the words infinite love and gratitude, it's sort of like this hand mudra is a magic wand and the words infinite love and gratitude are like fairy dust and we're just going to sprinkle that stuff everywhere. That's how powerful it is. (laughs) It is. It's so powerful. And you are so powerful and such an awesome awesome amazing woman human being and i'm i'm so inspired by you becky taylor thank you i'm so grateful to have crossed paths with you i really am um your work has changed my life and it it is it's changing the life of every single one of my clients and it's the most fulfilling incredible thing to experience that with them and um i'm so grateful for everything that i've learned from you and everything you've shared today and i just see you as this bright light shining in what at times can be an incredibly dark world. And I just admire your courage and passion and determination to, as you say, help create world peace through inner peace. So thank you. Such an honor. Thank you so much. Infinite love and gratitude. Infinite love and gratitude. How incredible was that? If you want to hear more episodes like this, please subscribe via iTunes and feel free to follow me on Facebook by searching Becky Taylor Transformational Coach and that's spelled B-E-C-K-I-E or my website is beckytaylor.com. Have an amazing day. Keep shining bright. Infinite love and gratitude.